Hey guys, this is Craig from Bass Lessons Melbourne. Welcome to episode 54 of the Bass Lessons Melbourne Player Profile Podcast. Um, it's been a while in between drinks, as they say. Um, I apologize for the delay if any of you have been hanging out for another episode. Um, I've just really struggled to find the time to sit down and um, edit these um interviews and videos together so I apologize I have a few um, in the can that I'm slowly getting around to putting together so expect um, some more interviews over the coming weeks and months I will try harder but um, really excited to have this um, episode up and running um, featuring Nigel Rivers who was in town uh, a few months ago with a really cool artist called Ndambi but he's also fairly well known as being the bass player for Erika Badu, who is one of my favorite artists. So um, we have a good chat about um, all things Badu um, and also um, a little bit about his background, um, studying at um, Texas, North Texas State University. Um, yeah, and a whole, a whole bunch of other musical things. So it was really cool to have Nigel around and um, have a bit of a hang and a play. Amazing player, great pocket, great feel. Um, and he's he's making some waves over in, in LA now. So um, also like to shout out to FBase, who are, as always, the trusty sponsors of this podcast. FBase have been handcrafting guitars and basses for over 40 years and offer vintage and contemporary inspired designs. So head on over to fbase.com um, to check out what they have for offer. Uh, if you like these interviews and this um, podcast in general, then you might want to check out the YouTube channel, Bass Lessons Melbourne on YouTube. Um, all these interviews are available as videos, so you can um, see what everybody looks like. Um, and then maybe give a little rate, subscribe, a share on social media. Shoot my an email, info at Bass Lessons Melbourne, um, if you have any suggestions or questions. Um, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy episode 54, Nigel Rivers. what's happening this is Craig here from Bass Lessons Melbourne welcome to another player profile interview today I'm joined by Mr. Nigel Rivers how's it going man good man it's great to have you here thanks for having me yeah I'm glad we managed to make this work out yeah absolutely. so you're in town with Ndambi I am is that pronounced yeah Ndambi yeah good job cool um, you're like the only person that's gotten that right like oh, really? the whole trip yeah the uh the announcer at the <laughs> at the gig he's he said all kinds of stuff but he finally like he got it like uh, like last night so it's good he, yeah i've been to many gigs where he's come up with a new band then <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Girl, is it pete i think it's pete pete yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete. Uh, sure it's pete he's probably not watching but no. <laughs> he might he might love you pete yeah yeah um how's it been First time down under? First time, man. First time. Uh, I actually was talking to somebody, and I realized this is the closest I've ever been to the Arctic, which is random. But so you uh, don't really associate Australia with the Arctic. Right. <laughs> but it's like not that far, right? Like as far as... Well, I've, once you leave Australia, you're pretty much, yeah, the mm. next thing you get to. Wow. Is the Arctic. Do you That's know crazy. there's penguins here? Really? I did in, not know that. In Melbourne. Yeah. If fine. I had known that, then... Mm. 
it would have been a very different trip. <laughs> um, down in, in St Kilda, there's a, a pier just at the bay. Yeah. And every dusk, these little blue penguins come in to nest in amongst the rocks. That's cool. I couldn't believe it either. You know, like yeah. flying to Australia and then people like penguins. I'm like, yeah, right. And there's like kangaroos and spiders. But there's so not does like Boogie Wonderland start playing when they come down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire needs to get a check from Australia from the Australian <laughs> penguins. And, Australian penguins, yeah. Um, and what is um, what's the Indambi gig like, vibe wise? It's really it's really cool. It's it's my favorite type of gig in that. Uh, first of all, no tracks, so you know that's mm. like there's like a whole genre of gigs that's like gone, you know. So that's already like loads better than. Uh, a gig where I have to play with tracks. That's not to say that I don't like gigs where I play play with tracks, you know, because um, I don't want anybody to like not call me. Like, oh, he doesn't <laughs> want to play with tracks. It's not that. I mean, I've played plenty of track shows, but you know, when you don't play with tracks, you just never know what's going to happen because especially she's the type of artist that uh, is very organic. You know, the show, it's not about getting every note right. It's about how it feels and how the audience feels and like how everybody leaves feeling, you know, mm. uh, is everybody sweating? Is everybody like smiling? Yeah, right. Leave, you know, so it's that kind of show. It's uh, it's soul music, neo soul, even uh, funk elements, um, jazz elements, gospel. No. Ah, nah. Okay, not really. <laughs> not really. Nah. I'm. I mean, nah, not really. Honestly, um, and when I think gospel elements, you know, I'm thinking of like, is the guy playing a mi a minor seven or is he playing like a minor over a four? kind of thing whereas you know okay. it's like little stuff like voicing wise you know gospel like a gospel chord will be like a major two whereas like uh, a soul or neo soul chord will be like major nine exactly right. so it's like yeah i did not know that yeah i mean that's how i think of it uh and then yeah and then the patches are different it's just not a gospel it's not not really sure nothing against gospel it's but there's still not. some gospel chops on there right <laughs> You're so deadpan. <laughs> I always, it takes me half a second. I'm like, I think he's joking, but I'm not sure. I love that because I'm just like that. Um, no gospel chops. No. No gospel chops. Um, like, gospel chops are very um, pentatonic, mm. you know, and they're, we're not doing any pentatonic runs, you know, and it's not on purpose. It's just, yeah, doing, right. And Dami's music is, it's just not really like that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, are you Texan? I am a Texan. Through and through, born and raised, Dallas, Texas. 30 years, just recently relocated to Los Angeles, and it's been great. Wow. Um, it's a little hectic. I mean, Los Angeles is very different from most places. But uh, once you kind of accept all the sensory input that you're getting, yeah. And just accept that you're gonna sit in traffic every day, and it's fine. You know, everybody's suffering with you, you know. And uh, accept that gas prices are higher, you know. Then it starts to be fun. It's like uh, the energy, you know. There's always something to do, something yeah. to get into, somebody to meet, somewhere to go, some moves to make, you know. So a motivated individual is if you're a mover and shaker, yeah. Then you're gonna move and shake, <clears throat> and if you're not, you're gonna get eaten alive. Yeah. So. I'm realizing. Are you ready? I mean, more the longer I'm out there, I'm like, I guess I'm a mover and a shaker, you know, because here I am in Australia and I, you know, I left yeah. Dallas like a month and a half ago and it's like, I'm already. Sweet. Yeah. On the other side of the world. So did you think of other places you might want to go to instead of. I LA? did. It was between like New York, Nashville. It was between LA, Atlanta. Or quitting music, right. basically. So what? What happened? What brought you to this point? Uh, I mean, I've I've achieved a lot in Dallas. Um, had a really good career, done some really cool things, met some really cool people. But like, just you know that feeling that's just like I'm not really quite doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm not. There's like a, a whole part of me that I'm not tapping into. Still don't know exactly what that is, but mm. I was like, I need to leave to figure it out. Mm. So, and it's not necessarily that 
you couldn't do that where you are. It's just like the change of scenery kind of forces you to do it. Exactly. Whereas just staying where you are, it's kind of easy just to keep doing the same gigs. Mm -hmm. and Very it's much easy. harder to be yeah. like, right, I gotta do exactly. Yeah, I'm, I put myself in a position where I'm like, okay, money's running out. You're like, hi, I'm Nigel, I'm a baseball. Can I get a gig? Yeah, like <laughs> you got to hustle, you know. And people in LA, as that's what everybody's on, yeah. you know. So like, whereas like in a place like Dallas, you got to be more subtle, more laid back, more cool. Yeah, more cool. In LA, it's like it's all about who's hustling, and then like, people see you hustling, they're like, all right, call him. Yeah. You know? So it's cool. And so what have you done, kind of, with your? Um, I mean, obviously, a big part of it nowadays is online. You yeah. Know, that's have true. you have you looked at um, raising that side of your? It's funny. I, I was just talking to somebody about this. I when I first got to LA, I was like, "Oh shit, I need to get my social media game, social media game up." Uh, so like well, I you know, love, love it or hate it, it's just if, it's it if, is what if, it is. If somebody wants to check you out, mm -hmm. so I've been on Instagram since like 2012. Okay, you know, and so. A lot of personal stuff on there. A lot of so I just I went through, took like two weeks and just like deleted, 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 deleted. Delete. So now it's just like just music, just the cool stuff. Because you didn't want to lose those eighty four followers, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, now it's more of just like a resume kind of thing. And now I'm now I'm public, and so since I went public, you know, things have been, you know, people are like, oh, that's who this guy is. So it's, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's easy. Kind of how I connected with you, right? Exactly. Exactly, so, and if I had if I had been private, I wouldn't probably wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, you know, because well, you're gonna let you know. Can I, <laughs> this guy want to follow me? Don't think so. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> <laughs> or I just like wouldn't check it for like a month yeah. and then see this backlog of like messages or you know. So. Yeah. So I'm kind of old school in that sense. Not that I'm like, I mean, I am of the age where you know the advent of like social media and the increasing importance of it you know i'm like right in the middle of it and growing up with it but like just my personality type it just has never been like mm. super important to me and i know i might be shooting myself in the foot saying that but the cool thing about being in la is like there's a lot of guys like that it's like i i look at uh i follow a couple guys it's like 17 time grammy winning platinum keyboardist kind of thing uh following six thousand with like a thousand followers type yeah. thing so like when i realized that was a thing i kind of relaxed and like if i get a lot of followers cool you know i'm gonna keep putting out content and like over time that's cool but if i don't man like honestly i'm like more so digging the the grind of just like getting in people's face and like getting to know them establishing genuine connections mm. and uh you know because there's a lot of guys that are they they work year round and well, I mean, like you won't see them on social media well exactly because they're too busy working <laughs> or, too busy you know the calendar's already booked out so yeah. you don't why right you know and that's nothing again just hear me clearly it is nothing exactly, against you know? people with big followings or people that are really into that it's just not it's not me and i don't and i i was feeling anxious because mm. that's not me but now i've let go I'm of sure you're not, you, you know you definitely won't be the only the only person that feels like right, that, right, so. right. I mean, I'm sure there's like, there's like a niche for people like me. You know, there's like a, definitely yeah. a face post. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Low key, man. Yeah. Low maintenance. I mean, I always say this: like, I didn't play the bass to be at the front of the band. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not the feature. I'm not the art. Yeah, no. I just want to play bass. I yeah. want to. I want to be behind a dope singer and or instrumentalist and just do my thing. And and just the feel be right and like yeah you know nobody even has to know that I am good or that I like but as long as like we keep working I must be doing something right so, exactly yeah so what was it like growing up in in Dallas it was cool um, it's hard to know how to answer that just because like you know okay what was it like musically growing up in Dallas well so my journey has been a little different I think than. A lot of people's like uh, being black, you know. A lot of times, like oh, church, you know, mm. came up in church, you know, came out of church and started blah blah blah. Um, I did grow up in church, but I didn't really like play in church until I was like sixteen, seventeen. So like really, 
And when, when did you start playing bass? I started bass when I was 10, but honestly, I was, I was playing saxophone in school and like, I didn't have any musicians in my family. So my whole journey has just been like, I go and find stuff I like, you know? So I was in a classical and then I was in a jazz and then I was in a Earth, Wind & Fire, Donny Hathaway, uh, Stanley Clark, Victor Wooten. So that was kind of like a progression and that, that kind of helped. So it was like classical, jazz, funk, no, jazz and funk at the same time and then gospel. Right. And so I've had to kind of, not not i mean this is all old news but like i I remember being frustrated you know when i was like 18 and 19 and finally discovered the incredible music scene in dallas and just being frustrated that i had known nothing about it Mm. because i didn't know anybody in it (laughs) you know so i went to school to university of north texas in denton which is like an hour north of dallas and had to go an hour north of dallas to find out about everything that was in dallas so i just started going to like this weekly jam session thing where I met, you know, all the heavy hitters or whatever and started seeing like the gaps in my playing, mm. kind of what was missing and stuff. Now, having grown up in church, it was in me. The church group was in me, but I had to like kind of backdoor to it. But, you know, it, it, I, I've been blessed with like some people are blessed with natural feel, natural, and some people have to work really hard for feel. Mm. Or and I've been blessed with naturally good time. Some people have to work really good at, that, really hard at that. Um, but I, it was definitely, it's been work. Like it hasn't. I don't. I don't think there's anything that's like. Some people can just sit down and just play, mm. you know. But I, I still had to work, you know. But now I didn't have to work as hard as other people. But everything has been like work. You know, nothing was like, I can spontaneously do this. I don't have perfect pitch or anything. You know, it's been like, I had to find it. I had to decide, I had to commit to it. And then just had to stick to it. And so, yeah. But music is my love. You know, I was going to be an engineer, actually. I went to science and engineering magnet high school. And I was going to go to, I got accepted to MIT and stuff. And like, was gonna do that whole thing, and then I was like, actually, I think we're gonna do music, and so it's just like <laughs> turned down all that, and like, well, it's like when you go, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Right, play music. That's kind of fun. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that other vacations can't be fun, but you have to be yeah into it. Yeah, and, and some that, people are. You know, some people are just like froth on physics. <laughs> right, right, right. Like. <laughs> The same way that we do on like yeah, pocket yeah. or whatever, you're yeah, like, you know, yeah. it's like baselines. It's, it's everybody's got their own thing, yeah, and you got to find what it is that connects with you. Exactly, yeah. If you're not, if you don't love what you're doing, then you're gonna end up hating yourself yeah. at some point. You're and gonna, you, uh, it comes across on stage as well. We've all been there on a gig that you don't want to be on. Yeah, yeah. By you know whether we had to be there or it was just a bad decision or mm-hmm. or everything just went south on the gig and. You can tell. People can tell when they're watching, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. it's important to be honest with it's, what you're doing. It's important to be honest, but the way I kind of trick myself in situations like that is, like, just trying to focus on the positive mm. parts of it. There's, I mean, there's, a, there's always at least one positive thing on any gig, even if it's just, I'm playing bass right now, and I'm not an yeah. accountant, or I'm not, like, yeah. you know... So I'm hopefully getting paid to play bass right now. <laughs> right. That part. Yeah. That's a whole other. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Haven't had to deal with like with that in a while, but we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Pan dues, I guess it's called. Yeah. So, um, so North Texas, mm-hmm. that must have been. It was a beast. Um, a schooling. Because yeah, I yeah. mean, that's especially with the snarky puppy guys and all that kind of stuff like coming out of there has really given it a global mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. so yeah i think while experience? i was there it was like technically the number one jazz school in the world or something or number two something like that yeah uh i had i had a good experience in north texas it was definitely frustrating when i first got honestly it was frustrating the whole time the one big reason is uh, and I don't know if it's still like this, um, but as a bass player, you had to play upright bass to complete, you know, the, your degree or whatever, which mm. was good. I mean, I needed to learn that, but like 
when I auditioned, I auditioned on electric. Mm. And when they accepted me, I was like, cool, you know. And then they went, by the way, you're going to put up right. And you're like, <laughs> like, like my first day <laughs> up there, I'm sitting there with my, and you're like, oh, by the way, like, and I walk in and like everybody has an upright base. I was like, that's weird. But I didn't think anything of it. So the teacher comes in, <laughs> Professor Lynn Seaton, who's, you know, you've probably heard of him. He's like world renowned jazz bassist, probably top. Um, but he's like, uh, do you have an upright? I was like, a what? <laughs> like, a what? I do now. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, I had um, kind of messed around on like an upright bass in high school, but literally just out of curiosity, didn't know what I was doing. So I had touched one before, but then I get to school and it's like, oh yeah, you, you need to finish this degree and learn all this advanced material while learning a new instrument. And I, I was the only black guy there. That's full on. I was the only one that didn't have an upright bass background i was the only one that didn't have any musicians in the family so like i didn't complain it was just like oh. okay this is life now so it was it was grueling but a lot of good information a lot of good information because like the uh the upright bass part was just like one or two courses mm. out of each semester <clears throat> whereas like the material like especially like the jazz fundamentals type stuff where it's like it's what it says jazz fundamentals play these scale chord scales over these changes when you see this play this play this i mean it sounds simple but like it kind of opened me up to hearing like you know real tonality and like mm. how to really approach music it's like oh here's music this is how you think of it you know and when you when i really internalized that it kind of changed my playing did you find that um on one hand it was like what you were learning you were actually going ah oh, i've already been doing this now i've got a name for it or was a lot of it like i would never have come across this um a little of both i guess yeah. uh i mean it was very when i was there it it wasn't it was all about charlie parker stuff mm. you know all about right. plan of change i mean it's it's jazz like it very in the strictest no, sense of the word yes so like whereas maybe like a berkeley or a new school might have been like a more modern approach oh let's look at some of the people that are out now you know uh the the strictly scholastic part of it was very very old school however the ensembles mm. are where my plan kind of opened up more and i uh, i was in uh you know the lab bands i don't know if you heard of the lab bands but they had like yeah. the one o'clock the two o'clock all the way to the, i think the nine o'clock i was never in any of those because you have to play upright bass. And I was like, okay, are there any bands where I can play electric bass? Yes, the L5 guitar ensemble, which most people probably will never know about. <laughs> but uh, they were doing stuff like the L5 and the Zebras. Uh, the Zebras were doing, when I got there, I wasn't in that year, but uh, they did. Uh, they were doing Roy R.H. Factor. And I was like, I hadn't heard of R.H. Factor. Yeah, dude. I was like, man, that's that shit's killing. Like, what is that? I want to do that. But like, was, oh, you got to be in this ensemble. I was like, okay, how do I get it? Oh, you got to wait till next month. So I was like, cool, bet. Like, okay, next month. <laughs> so I was in the L5, which they were doing like a lot of Pat Metheny type stuff, which is like, was like, whew. I mean, I did it. It was great music, yeah. but it was like a lot of odd meters and stuff. A lot of reading. My reading game got great, you know. Um, nothing, yeah, nothing like having to read to get in your reading shops up. <laughs> man, exactly. Uh, but then, so I did the L5 for two years, and it was cool. Did a lot of, like, student compositions. A lot of, it was it was five five electric guitars, me on bass, and a drummer. So it was, like, yeah. in interesting ensemble. That was great. However, what changed my life was when I finally got in the Zebras, which I, call, I guess it's called the Zebras because of a keyboard. You, you, you're not going to hear that very often. <laughs> what changed my life was when I finally got into Zebras. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, right. I, I really got into giraffes and it just like, just the size of them just blew up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Sorry, you're weird. <laughs> um, you're the one that digs in Zebras. But not I, no, I dig in Zebras, <laughs> right. Making me hungry. Uh, anyway, um, so they, we did a Chick Corea electric band. Okay. And that shit changed my life. Like, yeah. I was like, oh. Get your chills. I had already been in the Stanley Clark, but I didn't realize how fucking much of a monster he was. And then I got introduced to uh, John Patitucci. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Chick Corea, which hit reading his stuff, like, you know, because there were students who were, I guess, were masters uh, composition students. And so they were tasked with charting out 
uh, all these crazy Return Forever Chick Corea songs. And like reading that stuff, it's like, but like once it was all done, it was so awesome. And I, I remember there's this, I forget, I think it's Duel of the Jester and the Tyrant. Um, and I think it's Stanley Clark on bass on that song. And there's this long bass section. And I remember just like taking that and running with it. And that's when people at the school were like, okay, this motherfucker can kind of play a little yeah. bit. Cause I like really owned it. And uh, my friend uh, Erskine went there too. And he, um, he eventually went on to be the music director for Chrisette Michelle, uh, who's like an R&B singer. She was like working a lot. Um, and so he, you know, we, we were like real good friends in college. So he pulled me into that. Like as soon as he became music director, mm -hmm. he was like, I'm not satisfied with this band that she, this current band that she has. Can I bring in my guys? So they were like, okay, we'll, we'll let you bring in one guy and we'll try him out. And if he's cool, we'll let you bring in everybody else. So he brought me in first. No pressure. No pressure. Right. So I had just graduated college, and I had like a new baby and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's like, hey, can you learn all these songs and do a gig in, where was it, like South Carolina or some shit? I was like, yeah, sure. So it was my first, like, major yeah. thing. But, like, I, you know, put the work in. I nailed it. He got to bring in his whole band, and uh, we were working for, like, you know, for years. Um, and that's when people in Dallas, well, simultaneously, I was the, I had been going to this pro the profit bar, which was this jam session. It's been going for like 11 and 12 years or something, but it's, uh, the grits who, uh, it's Erica Badu's band. Mm -hmm. And so I had started going there and I was like, who is this motherfucker on bass? I should stop cursing so much. And <laughs> it's like, who is this guy on Do bass? <laughs> right. Like he is amazing. But, um, and the only reason I started going to that jam session was because my friend Erskine wanted to go, but also because I heard it was Erica Badu's band, and I became an Erica Badu fan. Really, like a, I mean, I, of course I heard of her because like you know I grew up in Dallas, but like I became like a fan fan when Dave Chappelle's Block Party came out, and uh, mm -hmm. just that one clip of them playing, and I was like, man, who's that bass player? Like he's great. I was like, man, they're like grooving. I mean, the whole. All the acts were great, you know, the Roots, Jill yeah. Scott, all that, Dead Prez, but like, I was like, man, Erica, like, man, that looks fun. I want to do that, you know? And I was uh, 17 when I saw that. And so that's, and that's when I decided not to do engineering. I was like, I want to do that. And so I hear Erica Badu's band does this weekly jam session. So I started going every week and it was an open mic, uh, op open jam kind yeah. of thing. They would let people come up. And so my first couple times, I just, didn't sound good like i just wasn't i didn't know the songs but i also didn't like i couldn't hear the changes yeah. that well i was just young i didn't i didn't know the feel what feel to do so i was like okay i am not used to failure so here's what i'm gonna do let me just come here and watch the braylon lacy who uh has been playing for erica like since the beginning i was like let me just watch him and see how he like does it and I started bringing like a camcorder. And I asked him if it was cool. He was like, yeah, it's cool. And then I, uh, he, he lived in Frisco, which is pretty close to Den. So I took like, I started taking lessons with him. I took like uh, three or four lessons, which was plenty, plenty of material. What's his name, sorry? Braylon Lacey. Yeah, plenty of material. I just started, I was practicing. So he kind of knew who I was a little bit, but I just started watching him, recording him. I'm like, okay, how does he do that? How does he do that? I, so I stopped going in the profit bar maybe for like six months to a year. And I was just shedding, just practicing. I finally went back and like they were like man who are you again like <laughs> i sat in like man you sound good like you've been practicing like yeah i have so simultaneously you know i'm on the road with chrisette so like okay he's like a solid guy like we should actually use him i was like 20 at this time maybe no i was like 21 i don't know how old are you now i'm 30 now okay so um game over <laughs> right <laughs> right you're done one foot in the grave um so rc the keyboard player the md for erica and you know it's that's his band the grits is his band right so he um i think via braylon from taking lessons with him and just the facetime of going to the jam sitting in yeah learning the sets um showing that you're keen yeah keen yeah Mm -hmm. So RC was like, hey, can you play with the grits and then can just sit in on one song? I remember that. Like, it was just one song. And I was so fucking nervous. <laughs> I practiced that song like 
that once, and then it's, it's a hip hop song, just a loop, just the same. You remember it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Slum Village. Uh, you know, I love is. Um, It's a, it's a badass song, man. It's, it's sick. Um, and, you know, like Cleon Edwards on drums, you know, I'm like saying. And uh, I think Wes was playing with them a lot of the time. Wes Stevenson, uh, Funky Knuckles, was playing with them a lot of the time. Uh, but he couldn't do everything because he's busy, you know. So they so RC needed like a backup backup for when Braylon wasn't available. <laughs> I'll be that for guy. When, when, yeah, I'll be that guy. I'm yeah. like, now in college. Yeah, I'll, I'll be that. So after that, you know, RC starts calling me for a little more, a little more, a little more. Finally, <sighs> Can you do this Erica date? I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And so I just remember being freaked out because it's Erica Badu. It's Erica man. Badu. And then uh the music like was hard, but like they don't rehearse. Mm. <laughs> they just do shows. Which they're all fucking killer monsters. Jeez. Yeah, but like I was like, hey, I need the music. <laughs> Three weeks before. Two weeks before, hey, I need the music. Oh, man. One week before, hey, I need the music for this gig in uh, Baltimore or wherever it was. Yeah, Ramshead, Baltimore. Three days before, hey, I need the music. Dude. <laughs> but he's busy, you know. So he's, I mean, I just—I guess he just assumed. I don't know. Like, so I hit up. Charts uh, or? Like nothing, dude. Like. Like there was nothing, and so luckily, and I'll never forget. I'll be in his debt forever. But uh, they had just done a run in Serbia, uh, and Mark Letiri was on that run. You know, yep, yeah. And so Mark was he was on this gig coming up in Baltimore, and so I was just like, like in, playing in, with Erica, yeah. Right. So in desperation, I was like, Mark. <laughs> Do you have any recordings of this material? I was like, dude, I need to learn this fucking show. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, I got you. Oh. So he sent me, like, the whole show. And so I was like, just, God, I buried myself in that meeting, like, day and night for, like, three days. Didn't sleep. But I was prepared. There's no shortcuts, right? No shortcuts. And even even that level of preparation is not enough right. because that that show, Erica's show, is different every time. You never know. You just never know. But you gotta start somewhere. You, you know? gotta start somewhere. Yeah. So even so, RC, I think he finally was like, "Oh wait, I'd never sent him any music," and he's like, "Fucking prepared," <laughs> you know. I and guess that you know, it's like you can't, you can do wrong, but like whatever you get right is going to be a bonus because yeah. you didn't get the music exactly. Officially. Yeah, and so over the years, I've learned with that gig to, and I was on the road with Crissette, so this is like in between mm. Crissette gigs and stuff. But uh, I remember the guys in the Crissette band were like. You play with Erica? What? That's awesome! Like you know, it's like reset, Erica. You know. Yeah, I mean, like, like I remember the first time I heard the first time I saw Erica Badu was on a, a UK TV show called Jules Holland, mm -hmm. and it was um, Baduism mm -hmm. era. So I think she did mm -hmm. Apple Tree or something. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was just like, Yeah, dude, what is the sound? Yeah, like none, of, none of the songs are like the album, like at all. No. And then they all know so much music. You know, mm -hmm. they insert like all oh, these dillatunes in the middle of all. You know, so of, a hip -hop in my there, education right? like mm -hmm. blew up. You know, I, I learned had to had to just learn all this. Yeah. And like so now, whenever I do an Erica gig, and I know it's coming, I'll I know all the arrangements at this point. Well, the the standard yeah basic arrangements, but and then you know where it can deviate. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know where it can deviate, so I have to get on YouTube <laughs> and just go and just look and search. Her live shows for like the past year, <laughs> and I go through each and every one of them to see what changes they've made since the last time. Because I'm not her regular guy, so so yeah. whenever I play with her, like a year has gone by, sure, or not even that, maybe like six months to a year has gone by, and I have to like figure out because they don't rehearse. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I gotta see what the fuck they're doing lately. She, I mean, she's kind of one of those figures that, like me, because by doing live, that's one, probably one of my top three albums mm. of all time. Mm -hmm. Like it's just. 
I could listen to that one repeat forever. Dude. And she's just one of those artists that I think if I ever met, I would be incredibly intimidated by. Yeah, that doesn't go away either. Yeah. <laughs> Not I mean, for like, me. She just seems so... She has her own... She's like a goddess yeah. on earth. Yeah. She has just that her presence. Yeah, dude. Massive you could presence. feel it. She doesn't even say anything. Just bumps. And then, like, she's the type, you know, if you hit a wrong note, she'll look at you she on knows. stage. Oh, God, yeah. She hears, every, she hears mm -hmm. everything. Like, in the midst of singing, she hears everything. Wow. Like, every piece. And so she'll be like, uh, you all right? In the mic. <laughs> in front of a crowd of 50,000 people. Uh, you all right, bass player? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you want to do that again? Man. We all make mistakes. I mean, I probably make one good mistake per show, you know, but that's out of, like, two hours of music. I don't think that's bad. You know, and that mistake will be like, I'll, I won't know what's coming, literally. Yeah, and so right. I'll probably just stop or I'll go where I went where the last time we played the show, yeah. but now it's completely different. So who's dictating that, Erica? Uh, it's, man, it's like, you got to simultaneously watch Erica's body language uh, while, not, not a bad thing, while watching, <laughs> sorry, no comment, <laughs> but yep. No comment. While watching RC, who's literally on the other side of the stage from me because yeah. of the stage setup, while listening to RC, which is two different things, right? While watching the drummer, while listening to the drummer, which is two different things. Well, no, but that, that's pretty much the same. While listening to like the DJ cues. Mm. You, do you have any ears generally? No, God, no. No, 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 no. <clears throat> so there's no talk back. Mm. It's just like, and if you can't hear someone properly, then you can't hear something properly. I need to stop cursing so much in this interview. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're screwed. That be, yeah, that would be terrifying. It's it's terrifying. It's like it's the highest, like, how do I say? It? Like it's it's the most intense cognitive processing that I have ever done or ever will do. Yeah. Like all that stuff going on at the same time while trying to maintain a groove, yeah. trying to look like you're having fun, <laughs> trying to be professional. You know, all that's yeah. going on. And it's kind of something that when I just sit there and think about it, like divorced of like the moment, I was like, how the hell do I do that? Yeah. You know, but it's it's because this is what I've chosen, you know. Yeah. And so I always tell people, if you can do the Erica gig, you can do any gig, you know, like really. And so full circle, how's the Ndambi gig? It's like a not as difficult Erica gig, but it's still a lot of watching, listening. Sure. But it's it's similar though. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Erica tune to play? No. Hmm. I do. It would probably. I mean, there's there's parts that I like on every song because she does. Uh, she does. Uh, I I I oh, I I yeah. tell that. So it's at one after that goes for a while, she'll go into we'll go into the other part. Which is, you know that song? That's why I don't stop the music. And then I love the bridge on that song. So when I learned the show, mm. what's the, that first one called? K uh, breathe, K heart, kiss. Da -da. Oh, I want you. I want you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I learned the show, um. This was also my introduction to Thundercat, because Thundercat was our bass player for the Serbia run. So I learned all his licks, all his, I was like, who's, who's this fucking guy? He's fucking great. <laughs> this was before he, you know, put out all his stuff. Yeah. And so to me, he was just a bass player, but like a fucking amazing bass player. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and so he, um, uh, so on that one little part, when she goes to the bridge of uh, Don't Stop the Music, and goes, uh, 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 <laughs> he did that shit. I was like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> I rewinded that shit so much. So I was like, what did he do right there, man? So I love the bridge of that song. But uh, that's probably my favorite full song to play. Yeah, there's a there's a live version of that 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 kind of just 
that was my second, third Erika Badu kind of like, oh, yeah. thing. she started with the pad. Yeah. And then the band kicked in like after like five minutes. But I, I mean, I was like, this is amazing. And then, bong, dun, kink, bong. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. Yeah, man. Eric, her stuff is just so fun and fulfilling. I really love, I think probably my favorite song is, okay, first and second ranked. Yep. <laughs> first, second, and third. Okay. First favorite. Uh. Annie? Yeah. Annie? I actually posted a cover of that on my Instagram like a while ago. And I was like, ah! So then that's probably first because it's just a loop and it's like, as far as Erica arrangements go, it's like, well, not it's super safe. stressful. You, it's, can, you can have yeah. some fun and play, yeah. right? I can actually play. Yeah. And then uh, Braylon did, did this, like, I, my favorite, one of my favorite licks. It's so simple. But it was on the Dave Chappelle's live when they did this song. He's like. <laughs> like, it's so simple, but I'm like, I, I had never, it's like little stuff that I just yeah. never thought to do. I'm like, oh, that's just like a Dorian. Yeah, and that's why you should transcribe. <laughs> yes. If you dig it, learn it. Yeah, exactly. But learn it. But learn it, learn it. Yeah, yeah like and learn like, that goal. Cause, and cause do it on other songs. That like, will yeah. become part of your playing and it'll morph into something different and then exactly. you've come up with something new. And exactly. All right, number but, um, two. Number two would be other side <clears throat> of the game. <clears throat> Love, I just love that it's song as a, as a fan. I just fucking love that song. Classic. And um, the first time I did it was with Tashiana Mayfield, uh, who I met in college. Um, great jazz singer out of Dallas. Um, she caught it. We did like a local gig. She's like, I want to do Other Side of the Game. I was like, What is that? So I was like, Erica Tune. Uh, she's like, just, just learn it right quick, you know. But she said this like on the gig on the break, right? Okay. So the break's like 30 minutes. <laughs> And I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm like, it's Erica Badu. I know like all her stuff anyway. And whatever I don't know, it can't be that hard. Other Side of the Game is like one of her most intricate songs, dude. And it's like completely like not intuitive sections. No. Like you got to just know it. Like and then even the, and the phrasing is all different. Like not, like there's barely any repeats. And it's like, you got to really know like the lyrics. That's kind of tough for a singer to call that in a break. <laughs> But uh, but people have always done that kind of stuff to me. I, I became known <laughs> as like the clutch guy who could like bail you out, like and, like if you need something done, like that's kind of like my reputation. So, um, and then the live arrangement with Erica, oh yeah. my god, it's like thirteen minutes long. It, it goes to all these other places. It's like massive. It's just this massive composition, but yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, like, what's the what's the song? Because in a Jamaica funk, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamaica. She drops that in as some. Uh, she's used to it anyway. Maybe, dude. I don't know. Uh, which which one would that be on? I don't know. if She used Jamaica funk on on the show. I don't. I don't think I've done it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure she has at some yeah, point, but I, I haven't done it. Past, yeah. <clears throat> and then third favorite, uh, probably for the memory, because the first time I ever played this song with her. Uh, was in Cognac, France, and Most Def came out and did the rap on Love of My Life. And like, I, I didn't know he, you know, I didn't know. I'm just on stage. And it's my first gig. It's my second gig with her ever. My first gig in France ever. And my first overseas gig with her ever. So. I'm, I'm, you know, freaking out, of course, but like, I'm it's just like, nice part of the world. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. But, uh, you know, it's like, mm. well, you know, that's, that's when the bass comes in. Cause I'm out like the first yeah. half of the first verse. So most deaf comes out when I start. And I was like, <laughs> like, oh shit. Well, I, I, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would ever play it like that busy, but like I'm just having fun with it right now. And, like I, because you 
on that song, it's important to stick to the record. Like some songs, she lets you stretch out, but you got to kind of know by her <laughs> looks, like, oh, she wants me to just play the line right yeah, now. Yeah, right. So yeah. Anyway, those those three. So what was that? Annie, other side of the game, love of my life. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we don't have much time left, so I just kind of want to check okay. what's coming up for you next. Like, yeah. Do um, you, I mean, like, do you do you do any of your your own stuff that you'd want people to kind of know about? Or I'm working on my first single. Um, it's called "He Wasn't Trying to Be a Dick to You," and so it, I like it. I mean, it's an interesting little little thing. I'll probably finish it up and just put it like on SoundCloud or something. Mm -hmm. Nothing major. I'm not like. I'm not gonna say I'll never be like artist. I'll never be like, but it's, but it's not, not something that's yeah on nah, the cards right now. Nah, not really. I mean, I do like kind of local stuff. I'll sure. like go. I'll show up with my looper and do some stuff because like uh like that song. It goes. It's, it's like, uh, oops. Uh. It's just a loop. So, uh, she wasn't trying. Oh, he wasn't trying to be a dick to you. He wasn't trying to be a dick to you. Yeah. So when I the song sound way better, but um. I, I, I've, a couple of times, so when I do that, I, the beat is kind of similar to, um, well, when I use my looper, the beat is similar to them changes. Yeah. So I'll go, and it's the same, it's E flat yeah. minor. So I'll go from that to. Uh, there it is. Anyway. But that's all. It's all like different okay. parts. Anyway, so um, as far as what else I'm doing, I mean, I I do like like a lot of just remote uh, recording. Okay, so people can send you tracks and you. Yeah, I do that a lot. That's like a significant portion of my. Do you have a little setup at home, or Actually. you gonna? I mean, it's, it's not much of a setup. My laptop and interface. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, good. yeah, that's all I need. Because my the base my F club is like. Get a preamp on it. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't need anything else. Yeah, so you're playing an F clef, right? Yeah, 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 yeah five yeah. string, kind of similar, very similar to this. Yeah, yeah. just uh, this is different. Yep, that's different. Anyway, but yeah, similar, same color and everything. Um, and where was I going with that? Coming, uh, stuff coming. Oh, up. stuff coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as recording, I've done some cool recordings, so I'm just kind of. It's hard to know. That's one of my struggles because I'm like, do I want to put more energy into being a studio musician mm. or being a touring musician? Yeah, you can do both, but I would, you know, I think if I put all my energy into being a studio musician, I can technically probably just be on retainer for somebody and not have to. Like Erica. <laughs> nah, <laughs> somebody else. Um, yeah, she does a lot of her stuff just like on her laptop and then. You know, also like that, she's been working with people like James Poyser for years and, you know, like that, she has a specific sound. So I don't think she's looking to like change up her recording crew. Mm. I, I she does it. a lot of analog. Like, I know she loves like tape and driving stuff pretty hard. Yeah, she does. I mean, but then the mixtape she just put out was not analog. Right. You know, it was Zach Witness is a genius. Um, anyway, but, um, yeah, I mean, I got... What else do I have coming up? Nothing like big. Okay. As of now, nothing that I would be like, oh, stay tuned for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. But that's just today. You but know? just so you just work, right? Just yeah, just work. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. Like this, this trip is, has been pretty good. Uh, this is like one of my bigger things so far. But you know, um, all it takes is one text message. You know, and that's how it always and go, is. And you got to be in the shop window, right? Right. So, right. These gigs are just as valuable. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, really. I mean, being in LA, you know, you just never know. So, like, I have. I won't say that they're like not worth mentioning. Like, that's not what I'm saying. It's no, no. just like, you know, they're they're local LA shows, but they're with like people that play for like fucking like Celine Dion people that play for like Rihanna you know so just knowing those guys you never know what's gonna happen exactly yeah, yeah. so it's cool to even be 
getting called uh, for that kind of stuff. Like my friend Justin Lyons, guitar slayer, he he plays for a uh, Big Bang, Blackpink. Uh, he's on tour with like Lil Wayne right now or whatever. He he just hooked me up with some stuff. So excited about that. And um, I did a session with Seku Bunch the other day. Oh wow, uh, which was dope. Like bass. Well, um, when I say did a session, I was like, I was there oh, you and he, he let me kind of play a little bit. I you mean, connected. we connected. Yeah. We hung yeah. out actually after it was cool. Um, so I'm on his radar. He actually, I was sick cause he actually asked me to sub for him on something <laughs> today. I'm sorry. I dragged you all the way out here to do this interview. You know, you <laughs> right? <laughs> nah, man. But and well, I was like, though. dude, I'm in Australia. I'm so like, please call me again, kind of thing. But he there will. He was yeah. like, oh, don't worry. I was like, good, you're working. There you go. That yeah. means I should be calling you. Exactly. So, never be, a, never be afraid to say no. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know? yeah. And never say yes if it's actually no, because mm. that makes you look like terrible. That's mm. shit. And like, and it's not. It's not even. I've done that. Um, unintentionally I think most people when they have done it it's like unintentional you just didn't check your calendar twice yeah. and make sure you had the date open then you agree and it's like oh actually yeah like people don't like that like yeah, they no. do not like that. that yeah yeah it sucks and I, I feel like I always feel this hole in my soul when I do that and I have to like most oh. people under I find that most people understand as long as it's not a you don't do it all the time like if it's once they're like yeah alright cool even once is too much though yeah I, I mean it really is because like it's not like that person won't ever call you again but they'll think twice mm. before they call you in whereas they wouldn't have thought twice before and it's like that's a good point it's something that like uh michael league told me a long time ago um it's like if you commit just do it even if it's like a small gig and you get offered a bigger gig if you say yes stick to the gig you agreed to because mm. the guy that offers you the bigger gig if you're like, man, I'm actually booked already, then that guy will be like, oh, this dude is respect, respect, dependability. Respect. Respect. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And um, you joined a good um, scout trip in LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're called the wankers. <laughs> Buy our cookies. <laughs> That's good, whatever. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. Well, we got to get you back to the city for your yeah, I got a and yeah, yeah, gig, right. The reason I'm here. In Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for coming out, man. Man, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm going to go to the Nigel Rivers, everybody. Ciao. Sorry, my posture is so bad. I was oh, like slouching most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. See you. Absolutely.